Today on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares reminds us of why it's so important to regularly study the Bible. I want all of the biblical information that is codified from creation and conscience and even the problem of sin, all of that in the Bible, I want you to understand it, I want you to know it, I want you to get it so that you can know Christ. It's like John 6 says, all of these things, Jesus said, the scriptures, they're all written ultimately about me so that you would know me. That's the point. Benjamin Franklin mused that time lost is never found again. So how are you using your time? Are you investing in intentional and thoughtful Bible study, or are you squandering your time on short-lived personal entertainment? Today on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares encourages you to create a cozy spot and take time to read doctrinally sound Christian books to boost your Bible knowledge. I'm your host, Dave Drewy. Turn now to Acts chapter 8 for the conclusion of a message titled, Knowing How the Scriptures Use Us. In Acts chapter 8, here you have, and I, I tried to at least get you to think what it might, might have been like to have someone say, hey, I'm here in Isaiah. Can you help me with this passage? It'd be like, oh man, I don't know. That's going to be hard. And so the passage that he, quote unquote, happened to be reading was, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shears is silent. So he doesn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. I mean, is this Isaiah talking about his death? No, it's not Isaiah. Matter of fact, I've studied that passage before, and it is about the Messiah, and the Messiah has come, and he's Christ. That's something that, that guess what? Philip knew. You need to know the Bible well enough to become a Christian, get through your Christian life, and help other people answer their questions so that they can come to faith in Christ. And then when they have problems that you don't have, be able to use the Bible to understand how that problem has come to be and how to get them out of that problem. You need to learn the Bible way more than you need to know the Bible. You need to learn the Bible well enough to be able to help other people, or you're going to sit in the tool drawer just collecting dust. Number two, you need to get to know the Bible much better, much better, much better. Here we go again. It just wants us to be Bible scholars. I want you to be Bible scholars. Busted. Busted. Yep, that's what I want. You're absolutely right. And I'm not being sarcastic. We need to master the book and all the implications. Well, I can never do that. You can do better than you're doing now. Notice the point. Read it carefully. Get to know the Bible much better. I could have written, know everything you can know about the Bible. Not what I'm saying. Well, if really Philip's going to be prepared, he better be ready to, to exegete Nahum chapter 1 and Leviticus chapter 23, as well as Isaiah 53. Well, yeah, maybe he didn't, but God picked him up to get in this chariot knowing that he knew Isaiah 53 and could respond to that question. And all I'm saying is you're going to be much more useful to the Lord the more you know. So I want you to know more. You've got to know the book better. And all the things on which it's based and everything that helps us think through the implications of it and what it would say to this movement or that fad or this, this theory or this philosophy or the way this group says we ought to do church. We ought to know that. We ought to know the Bible. Do we know enough to be more useful this year than we were last year? So I want to help you through that. This may seem an odd part of the sermon, but let me help you through it. I'm going to do it with a series of letters. Let me give you some letters, okay? Can I start with this? Give you three letters to start with. 
Subpoints, ready? CBI. Let's start with those three letters. CBI. Guess what CBI is intended to do? Well, you can quote the second point, to get to know your Bible much better. That's what it's designed for. I encourage you, and here's my, my strong exhortation to you. When you go out here and grab your cookie and coffee after the service, look over your shoulder to the left. It's right over here in this corner. You'll see our welcome booth for all the, the, the people that come to our campus and don't know where they're going. And then right next to that is a CBI, a Compass Bible Institute booth. Our leaders are out there, our registrar is out there, our director is out there, professor or two might be out there. You talk to them about signing up. Get the list, get the information, learn how you can apply and register for a class. I'm exhorting, what are you doing? There are churches all over the place that would love to have the advantage of you driving and parking in your regular parking spot here in our parking lot and walking into a classroom with the kind of, of careful, thoughtful training that we need to be able to say, I know the Bible better this year than I did last. And I dare you to take a CBI class. C-B-I. Let me give you three more letters. Ready? D-B-R. Do you know those letters? <laughs> D-B-R. Daily Bible reading. Church is big on that. You go to our website, right? After you go to compassbibleinstitute.org, go to compasschurch.org and see the most prominent first orange button you're going to run into. And it's not give, just so you know. The first button you're going to run into is the daily Bible reading, because that's what we want you to do. CBI, DBR. How about this one? CB. CB? What's that? Compass Books. Compassbooks.org. Compassbooks.org. Here's the thing. I know it's easier for you to click on Amazon and get all your books delivered to you, but I don't know if you know, but Bezos doesn't really like all the books we recommend. I don't know if you know that. Some of them he doesn't like. And you know what? They've been increasingly, militantly, banning books they don't like. Guess what? I bet half the books on my reading list every week eventually will not be available for you to click on and have sent to your house. We're working on that, investing more money in that website, being able to make compassbooks.org a place where you can get all the recommended books that our pastors have read and vetted and we, we like, can't vet every single word and, and approve every word, but we're going to make it to where you can click on it and have those books sent to you or your friends in Nebraska or, or, or Canada or whatever. We'll be able to send them out. It's going to be a start and we're going to start slow, but we're going to get this thing going. You need to be reading Christian books every single day. I'm saying, I could go on and on. I go through all of these. But the point is, you need to get good Christian books. I know I say it all the time, but go buy a book today. Please, go buy a book. CBI, DBR, CB. How about this one? FPR.org. FPR.org, as in focalpointradio.org. FPR.org. That'll take you to our website that has tons of this stuff from me, blah, 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 in your ears while you're working out, on your elliptical, on the treadmill, and you can hear more sermons from me, if you dare, that may help you kind of think through parts of the scripture you hadn't thought through before. Or maybe it's topical. You go looking through and just search topically, and you say, I need to know some. If you don't know where to start, start with the one that says focal point U, as in university. Focal point U is nothing but 13 semesters of thinking logically and systematically through the Christian faith. I mean, it's almost 300 hours of lectures. So you'll get really fit listening to, to this series. And all I'm saying is put it in your headphones and as you're working out, taking your walk, doing your thing, at least get some good Bible in your mind. Because guess what? You do that for a year, I'll bet next year you'll have a much better handle on the Bible than you had the year before. CBI, DBR, CB, FPR.org. How about this one? This one doesn't really work, but CA, let's call it that. ChristianAudio.com, ChristianAudio.com. 
A lot of times I'll talk about reading books. Some of you are like, well, I do have a long commute, you know, hard to hold my book up on the steering wheel when I'm driving. Okay, listen, go and listen to someone read it to you. Now, this is like a Christian bookstore, so you can't trust everything in christianaudio.com, but all it is is a collection of, of audiobooks. And I know you say, well, I'm on audible.com. Well, guess what? Bezos has, has control of that as well. I'm not a conspiratorialist, but I am saying in time, the good books that you need aren't all going to be there. But at least on christianbooks.com, at least for today, you can get most of the good Christian books available that have been produced in an audio format. You can get those books ready, which is better than listening to me yak sometimes the way I do in, in eloquent sentences. And you can have a nicely written, carefully, systematically constructed set of sentences and paragraphs, which I wish I could speak extemporaneously, but that is what you're going to get in good Christian books. And I pulled it up yesterday. I thought, okay, let me just make sure what's on there. What's on the best-selling list? The second one on this best-selling list, I think, was uh, A.W. Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy. I bet all of you have heard us talk about that. If you never read it, have someone read it to you on the way to work. Go to christianaudio.com and get Knowledge of the Holy. I saw on there Mere Christianity, I think it was number four. C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you've ever read any Lewis, but it'd be good for you to read some Lewis. It'd be good for you to have someone read it to you. Mere Christianity, a basic, fundamental, Protestant explanation of theism and why it makes, all, why it makes sense. It'd be a good, good place for you to go. J.I. Packer's Knowing God. That was in the top 10. J.I. Packer's Knowing God. If you've never read that book, have someone read it to you in the car. This guy will read it to you and, and you'll have it. You'll have it on your phone and you'll be ready to go. Talk about books that I recommend. Talk about people like Don Whitney coming. Uh, it was in, in the top, I don't know, 25, Don Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines. Those spiritual disciplines have the book read to you before you go to the class in the fall. Well, it costs money. It does cost money. Yes, I understand. Costs, you go in and buy the book, or you can join their club at $14.95 a month or whatever it is, and I have no vested stake in this. You understand. But I am saying, what? I don't want another thing to ding my credit card. Well, then drop Hulu or Netflix. Figure, figure out how you're going to do this and, and spend the 15 bucks a month or don't get a latte one, one day a week and go and get this in your phone and then you get four credits every month and most books, you can get at least two books for that every month and you can have good Christian books read to you. CBI, DBR, our Compass Books, CB, FPR.org. Download the app. That's another thing to click on in that that will help you. Christian books or christianaudio.com. It's just some ways for you. I, we could have explained Isaiah 53. I want you to have a commitment to have your biblical knowledge sharpened. So that if God calls you in when someone says, I really don't know why God would allow, or I don't really know why the world works this way, or I don't really understand why my conscience does this, I don't know why people can't be at peace, I don't understand why the Bible was written this way. All of that, you'll be greater prepared, more aptly prepared to deal with those issues. Back to our text, Acts chapter five. The eunuch said to Philip, about whom I asked, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? It's a good question. Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And not just about you studying about textual criticism or you know the problem of sin or theodicy or whatever. It is. It's about you being able to lead people to Christ. It's about you being able to answer questions so you can navigate them to Christ. And that we should be able to do as the goal of all of our question answering. We should, number three, we should get the inquisitive to Christ. We want to get them in relationship with Christ. We are proclaiming and have been entrusted with a message of reconciliation. I want them to be reconciled to God. And that means they have to trust in Christ. 
And so I want all of the biblical information that is codified from creation and conscience and even the problem of sin, all of that in the Bible, I want you to understand it. I want you to know it. I want you to get it so that you can know Christ. It's like John 6 says, all of these things, Jesus said, the scriptures, they're all written ultimately about me so that you would know me. That's the point. And so that's what we want. Not knowledge of Christ and how many years he hung out in Perea or Galilee or Judea. It's not about that. I mean, it'd be good to know all that, but it's so that you would know him personally, have his righteousness clothing you so that when you die, you stand before God and he doesn't say, depart from me, I never knew you. That's the goal. I love these two phrases. Beginning with. He begins with this scripture and then he goes from there. That's the goal of us being able to say, whatever the question on the table, I want to get you from there to Christ because I can do that. Matter of fact, let me end with this passage. Go to Luke chapter 24. The same phrase is used of Christ as Luke describes his discussion with these people on the road to Emmaus. In verse 25, he, Christ, said to them, these guys on the road, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Man, just studying Christ and how he keeps pointing to the scriptures as this is it, you have this. And that parable about the the, the rich man and Lazarus is like, you have the scriptures. I've given you my testimony. Yes, it's reflected in creation and conscience and in evil, but you need to know here is my information. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That's what we want for people. Is that your desire? He said, wasn't it necessary that the Christ should suffer these things, right? Death and enter into his glory. Which by the way, there's two things you want headings is what does it mean to get them to Christ? To Christ in two ways, not through two pathways, but to two, two ways to think of him, to suffer in this way. As Isaiah 53 goes on to say, the Lord was willing to crush him, putting to death that he might offer his life a guilt offering, that he might atone for the sins of many. The point is that we celebrate a suffering Christ. The suffering servant is crushed. The sin of our lives should be punished and God has punished Christ so that he will not punish us if we trust in him. That, that redeemer, there's a heading, right? The, I'm getting you to Christ the redeemer. And then the second phase, look what he says here. And to enter into his glory, enter into his glory. There is his exaltation. Here is his lordship, his sovereignty over all things. What am I leading them to Christ? I want to get them to Christ the Redeemer and Christ the Lord, Christ the King. I mean, that's the goal. I want my coworkers who have questions about this, that, or the other to get to the place of saying, Christ is my Redeemer and Christ is my King. And so he is the guide and he guides these men on, on, on the road of Emmaus. Here's the same exact Greek phrase and Greek, same English phrase, verse 27. And beginning with, I'm gonna start where they're at. Let's open up the Bible. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You need to know me as your suffering lamb who died in your place and the risen king entered into his glory. Drop down in this passage as long as we're here, verse 44. And then he said to them, these are my words I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he open their minds to understand the scripture. I know it's more than just giving them information, though you need to have the information, but we're praying that God would open their minds. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should, here's our two things again, suffer, right? There's the the Christ, the redeemer, the the lamb of God that takes away our, our sin. And on the third day, rise from the dead, the glorified Christ, the exalted Christ, the Lord, the King. 
And here's our message, that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed. That's your job and mine. We take the inquisitive there. We're going to try and raise questions by asking them, do you understand what you're reading? Beginning in Jerusalem, it's going to go to all the nations and be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Every time you sit in a sermon, every time you sit in a class, every time you read a good Christian book, you are, in the passive sense, witnesses to these things. And then, just like a witness is also used in our language as an active verb, you now have to witness to these things. You have to get up, raise your right hand, tell you the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Here comes the truth. I'm going to tell you what it is. God is investing in you, not just so you'll be satisfied in your biblical knowledge, but so that you will take that knowledge to other people. I know one of the stumbling blocks in our passage is it's just too idyllic. I don't have those experiences. Yes, I need a guide to help explain Christianity to me. But just like when I was a freshman on that first day of class, I'll never forget it, first day of school, freshman orientation week, I pull up. I'd never been there. I'd never been to some, you know, visit the campus week. I was there because my dad told me I had to be there or I would not exist or whatever the threat was. It was like, you got to go to Bible school. I had no choice. And so my bewildered look, it was bewildered. I didn't know what end was up. I'd never been there. I don't know anything about it, but I get there and here come these way too happy and helpful people to try and help me. You want to see, have you seen a disgusted look on Pastor Mike's face? Put it in a 17-year-old body. It was like, I don't care. I don't care what dorm I'm in. I don't care where the library is. I do care where the dining hall is. But just, can you stop being so happy? I'm not interested in your help. I, you know, and there they were. Help, 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 help. I was the opposite of the Ethiopian eunuch. I was the worst Bible school freshman. I did not want to be there. Some of you have heard my testimony. I did not want to be there. I was there under duress. My dad had said I had to. And so they dropped me off. They literally spend, what, uh, 45 minutes, an hour, you know, unpacking me. We walked to McDonald's across the street. This is in downtown Chicago. And then they go, see ya. And they drove away. And I'm like, I hate this. That was my idea. Can we help you find the library? No. But you know what happened? In time, their helpfulness, their willingness, their willingness to say, hey, I know you didn't really like it here. I know you don't want to be here. But you know, if we can be helpful, we want to be helpful. And, and in time, I guess it was October, I think the second week or the yeah, ninth, somewhere in there. So I got dropped off the end of August. By October, I was, you, you couldn't have pulled me away from the school. I mean, God had gotten a hold of my heart. I became a Christian my freshman year in Bible school because God had broken me down. Not just because he was putting me on some afflicted deathbed, in part because I was being killed with kindness by Welcome Week people. It was like they just wanted to help. And in time, I was like, I think I do need help because something's going on in your life. It's not going on in my life. I was fighting it you're going to be useful to God and God is going to bring you some Ethiopians and they're going to be like, help me, guide me, answer my questions. And then you're going to be having the joy of seeing them baptized as we will see next week. But then you're going to run into some Saul of Tarsus and they're going to throw rocks at you. And they're not, they're going to, as he tells later to King Agrippa in chapter 26 of Acts, I was kicking against the goads. He says, God, Christ says to him, why are you persecuting me, Saul? It's hard to kick against the goads. And the goads of this pushing back 
It's what a lot of people do, but it's the consistency of guys like Ananias, and we'll read this in chapter 9 of Acts. People like Barnabas that keep saying, let me be helpful. Can I guide you? We're going to see this in chapter 9, but the blindness that God brings to him, the literal blindness to remind us of just how we just need the scales to fall off our eyes. And part of that, just like it was literally for me, literally for me as a 17-year-old, was the kindness of people that said, I'm here to help. If you have any questions, I want to answer them. Do you understand what you're reading? And they knew, and they were able to take me from where I was to where I need to be. And I'm just telling you, be that person. Be Philip this week. Get sharp. I know it's going to take some time. Don't wait until you think you've mastered everything to start asking people, do you understand what you're reading? But get at it twofold. I want to be willing to help. I'm a Bible guide. I need to keep getting sharper. And I'm praying that I can lead people to Christ. Let's pray. God, help us all. As Christians in this world wanting to be found faithful, we'd like to hear from you, well done, good and faithful servant. And it's not just because we've had great quiet times and learned things about the Bible that we enjoy. It's about us knowing enough to be helpful in the lives of other people. We know it's not just an intellectual battle, just as we read in Luke 24. You have to open their minds to understand the scriptures, but God, that's not going to happen with people that aren't willing to be helpful. So God, we would ask that you'd make us those kinds of helpful Phillips with coworkers and people in our sphere of activity every week where we can say, wow, yeah, creation. Let's talk about the creator. Conscience, yeah, let's talk about the lawgiver. Scripture, let's talk about what those passages mean. And even the evil in this world, let's talk about how God is going to bring that to an end. God, let us be more of what we need to be so that when the questions come our way, when the curiosity, inquisitive nature of a non-Christian says, I just wonder about, that we jump into action and be ready. Kill them with kindness. Be the kinds of agents that I've seen in my life that I know, God, many of us have benefited from. Let us be that helpful Christian that's willing to answer questions in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Focal Point and a challenging but motivating message from Pastor Mike Fabares titled, Knowing How the Scriptures Use Us. And don't forget, you can listen to this program or any of our previous messages anytime when you go to focalpointradio.org. While you're online, you'll also find many of the resources Pastor Mike talked about in today's program. These are tried and true, biblically sound ways to boost your Bible knowledge and grow in your faith both individually and with your local group. Recently, we received a special note from a listener named Jonathan in Ohio. He wrote, We have used the Focal Point U and Compass Bible Night resources for our Sunday school classes and our homeschool Bible classes. These are such amazing resources and such a blessing that your church has provided them for free to view online. Thank you so much for the care of your local church body and the body of Christ around the country and the globe. Making these resources available is an important part of our mission to reach, teach, and train followers of Jesus Christ. And if you want to see God's Word reach more people like Jonathan, then would you consider sending in a donation to support Focal Point? We rely on the generosity of our listeners to cover the costs to broadcast these daily programs and to make our resources widely available online. To give, visit focalpointradio.org or call us at 888-320-5885. Again, that's 888-320-5885. 
85. In this month, when you give, we'll send you a Q&A guidebook by evangelist Josh McDowell and author Thomas Williams titled, How to Know God Exists, Solid Reasons to Believe in God, Discover Truth, and Find Meaning in Your Life. Request your copy when you donate generously today at focalpointradio.org or by calling 888-320-5885. It's almost the end of the month, so don't wait. Call and give today. Well, you've probably noticed that the cost of following Christ is going up. And as the culture turns against the Bible and those who adhere to a biblical worldview, it's going to take courage to be identified with Christ. And that's the topic for tomorrow. I'm your host, Dave Drewy, hoping you'll come back Wednesday right here on Focal Point. Pastor Mike here. I pray today's message will help you live out your faith with truth and love. After all, that's the kind of biblical faith that changes lives and transforms a crooked culture. But if you haven't truly surrendered your life to Christ, then I'd like to invite you to get in touch. We'd love to pray with you and help you discover God's plan of salvation. Visit focalpointradio.org. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.